0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, VTW,
1: void were prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus.
0: Yes, guys,
1: welcome back to the Canon Podcast. It is George VAFC here. Um, Today we're gonna to be talking about central running power. We're gonna be talking, you know, what do
0: I mean by that? So we're gonna- to... Am I that like annoying to listen to, do you think? As, as coming from, I wonder- listen, The comments, the comments will say- <laughs> You, you know what it is? I feel like Americans and Canadians have the worst potential accent. If you're going to go around the world, I think Italians, Spanish, British, the worst of course, Australian. Don't you think Americans and Canadians have the worst, most jarring response? Do you know what it is? I
1: think I think you you guys are quite an easy. Canadians get lumped in. I don't think that's fair, but you, <laughs> it's quite an easy target because Amer- some people in america are very loud with the way they speak right yeah just that the the, the the general volume is feels like this is a massive you know generalization I'm not trying to offend any american listeners jesus christ <laughs> um yeah maybe that but what what do you think what's like the most annoying british accent that you've heard
0: like maybe a liverpool accent like yeah you don't like it i don't i don't know if i like it Oh, really? It's too squeaky. It's a little too, yeah, it's really squeaky. Like, I find it, and I just like, I'll be honest, I find it tougher to understand them.
1: That's okay. Cause some people like, you know, like, oh, sometimes I use your comment to like get this yank off or whatever. What's like, from an American Canadian perspective, is there an, yeah, British who you're like, I I won't listen to about football? I
0: feel like a deep Merseyside, like, honestly, like, I don't even know how to do it. Try it, try it, try it. it. No, no, I can't. I can't. It's like, say chicken chicken and a can of coke
1: sorry <laughs> <laughs> say chicken and a can of coke chicken and a can of coke
0: <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the kind of podcast as you can tell babs babs
1: is not here and it's unhinged uh unfortunately babs can't be here again today um we wish you well but we do have me and george uh here to chat some uh I think we'll talk about football maybe Arsenal today maybe for a change maybe. maybe a bit um and we do have some Arsenal to discuss because Thomas Partey has returned to full training for about six minutes so you know if he got through today then we could we could
0: be good we'll, well see tomorrow. more gender reveals right? he's, he's already got his uh, his head so I mean that, he'll we'll have a thigh for about a was, was
1: that real that that thing about him kicking a ball at a gender reveal or something. Well, it it he
0: did it, but he definitely didn't injure himself doing that. Okay, but okay, still okay. It, it is it is fun. It is fun, yes. fun. You have to you have to laugh and cry because the situation is legitimately so painful. Like you, you look yeah. back on the impact that it could have. The what if, the what if scenario, you know, there's that like brilliant what what is it, the Marvel what if uh, situations where they have like their main no, characters. Dude, um, American listeners will know that. So that's another one for the American guys, but um, <laughs> essentially this idea about like, what does our season look like with Thomas Partey? And I think it's so tough, but like you have to start this conversation with, can we please put the situation around him to one side and talk football? Yeah. Because like, I don't want to get into the moral quandaries about it. Cause I feel like it's really obvious where to stand on that morally, but to talk pure football and to keep it there, Um, I just think it's, it's so important. It's so important. And we talk about receiving within a block. We talk about all these things about what Arsenal are doing. You see these statistics coming out, by the way, in terms of us having the most touches in the box, but perhaps when you have a look at it, how many of those touches are in more central areas who can help Mm -hmm. us do that? How many times can we, um, you know, effectively switch a ball and have somebody to almost control the middle of the park in the same way. I look at this dynamic between Shaka and Partey and I look at what, rice Partey dynamic could look like, and I get really excited. And it's just, there are a lot of football impact that Thomas Partey could have, both in a Champions League context and a Premier League context. And I almost think it's as simple as saying, if you were to have this boy fit, well, this boy, this man fit for 10 years. I to love when people get naughty about that. Oh, it's just, it. It. it's so random. It's so <laughs> random. But like, if you were to have Thomas Partey fit, for guaranteed 15 out of the last 20 games of the season I would almost be very confident about putting Arsenal in the conversation to be with Man City as favorites and that yeah. that is the level of impact that we talk about right so how do you
1: quantify that because I feel the same like I look at I look at what Partey does and, I, and the the springiness of the attack that can that can come through that central hub his ability to stop transitions his progressive passing all of those things that we saw like when he is at his best i see that and i feel that too but how do you quantify what we lost and just playing the other side a little bit other teams lose players and i feel like losing thomas parte is like worse than liverpool losing tiago and is worse than like sit City- for some reason it feels worse than City losing De Bruyne, because even though De Bruyne has, know, I'm, sure, I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I'll get cooked for it, but, but De Bruyne has that level of sort of final third quality that no one else has. City have so much quality up there in those attacking positions that they can in some way cover for it. It feels like we have no one who can do what Partey can do. Do you know what I mean? They can approximate what De Bruyne does, even if it's not the level. It feels like we don't have what Partey has without him. So
0: where do you, do you think it's even worth quantifying in points? I I do, because if you were to look at each team, what is their inevitability factor? And for me, when Thomas Partey plays with Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard, Arsenal have an inevitability to control the midfield in a way no other team in this league does. That is our our inevitability. In terms of City, in terms of Liverpool, these guys have physical output machines, and so I really wouldn't talk about Kevin... De Bruyne and Holland and excuse that from the output. I wouldn't talk about Liverpool who do miss Thiago. He's clearly a world-class player. But honestly, you take Mohamed Salah out of that team, you take out Trent Alexander-Arnold out of that team, Mm -hmm. that's their inevitability, right? But from an Arsenal perspective, if you were to compete with Thomas Partey, Declan Rice, and Martin Odegaard in any midfield, there's a certain inevitability that Arsenal will win the midfield battle. So that's... that's where it that's where the conversation should come from for me because yeah. our attack doesn't prioritize superstars in fact the the whole idea that this attack was built on was built on multiple players contributing that's how we reached mm. our highest levels mm. liverpool and i'd argue manchester city although they have brilliant structures in their own right they are more individual based in terms of where they place their emphasis on they place their emphasis on the individuals coming through for them so That would be my retort in a sense between the two. Mm,
1: Yeah. This is why I love you, George. It's good. Good, good analysis is like, I think of anything is being able to, I absolutely love this guy at the moment called Alain de Botton. who's like this sort of philosopher dude. And he just says things in a way and you go, that's it. And it's about sort of personal development and growth and stuff. And he's like, just the, what he says, you're like, oh, that's it. You somehow put words to Mm -hmm. what I was feeling and it, you're absolutely bang on the inevitability of even though we've never seen it, of having Partey, Rice, and Odegaard in a midfield, you go out there going, I, I don't see another midfield able to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's our inevitability factor. Yeah, it's like, because other teams can approximate other injuries, but you can't approximate a Mohamed Salah. You can't do that. So when you remove that, it is the inevitability factor that's bang on. Where, I, I'm gonna put you to the sword, because mm-hmm. we've got host, hosting rights. Please do it. Where do you think we are? Points wise and table wise, if we have Thomas Partey from the beginning of the season, and are we being delusional? Are we? Do you think? Do you think this is just based on us being Arsenal fans and thinking that this guy is unbelievable, even though he is? No,
0: because I mean, here you know what I you know what I relate it to. Let's say um, it, it's almost as though if we were to lose, um, perhaps like somebody like Gabriel, who for Arsenal is an incredibly important player. But the backup to that is somebody in Kivior, who is an unknown. It would crush our, Arsenal, but it wouldn't change our ability to play. Parte no. does change our ability to play. Yeah, I agree. And so okay. when you look at it, if Liverpool were to, to lose Trent Alexander-Arnold, there is nobody, even Bradley, mm-hmm. for as good as he's young, that will change Liverpool in their identity the same way. There is yeah, nobody that like losing... A Holland or a Kevin De Bruyne can change their identity. Of course, losing a Grealish, losing a Foden, losing an Alvarez, like it hurts. Losing a John Stones, it hurts. But it doesn't change who they are. And I think that we've seen it this year. I mean, everybody's baboning the fact that Arsenal have changed their identity. And that's what Thomas Partey does. That's the impact of losing a player like that, in my opinion. And it's with Granit Xhaka. I don't think you can divorce the two. But still, I think Thomas Partey is that important for who Arsenal believe themselves to be, broadly. And it is, for example, for me, it is Mikel's fundamental philosophy difference to Pep, to Klopp. Like, when I look at this stuff, right, Klopp, for me, how he's organized his midfield, look at the buys. McAllister, you've got Curtis Jones already. There's a collection of eights at Liverpool. That's been... Their, their decision in terms of the recruitment. Look at Pep, Kovacic, Nunez, um, who else did they buy? There's another one that I'm forgetting this past season. Uh, um, Doku? Doku, yes. They, they, their midfield revamp in terms of losing Gundogan was to get carriers, but again, eights. How many mm. eights are in Arsenal? There not So it's a very different ph- philosophy. When you really, we have a collection of sixes and a collections of tens. that's So I think mm-hmm. But it's been very much purposefully created that way. People use that as a stick to beat Arsenal with, but that's just a philosophy to how Mikel approaches football, and it's very different to the other two. So if you're going to lose the best player or one of the best players to allow you to play that way, it's going to really affect your ability to see your vision. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I think it represents to me. And um, yeah, and I think really, we're really that. Oh, how many points? No, no. I think we would be one, top of the league. Personally, I think you look at the points that we've dropped, and the manner in how we've dropped them. I don't think Thomas Partey allows you to stop and do those things. I mean, you look at West Ham, you look at Fulham, you look at dropped points to Fulham more than anything. You know, um, when you look at the plan um, in general, Fulham, it's ridiculous. Because what was it? It was three, and then f- was it two? Have we lost? Is it five points or four points that we've lost? Four, four points to Fulham. Yeah, we drew and then and then lost. It's ridiculous. Like, come on. Like, when you think about it, that is the level that I think we do. I even look at Chelsea, Mate, like ugh, Thomas Partey's there. Do I think I lose or I, I don't win that game convincingly? I look at Spurs. I look at, mm-hmm. um, again, I said West Ham. What was another one? Like, I, I feel those game states, they completely change with mm-hmm. Partey. Now, I I don't know how many points we would have. I think that's up for debate because, I mean, just because Thomas Partey is there doesn't guarantee that these points swing. But I do feel that Arsenal, who have also, by the way, been the team in the league to uh, concede the fewest amount of goals in the last 15 minutes, that is huge. And I start to say, okay, well, if we're not going to do that, and we've already done that without Thomas Partey, what does Thomas Partey give you in those 75 to 85 minutes in an attacking sense, because we've already proven that defensively the team is there, okay? What does he give you? And he gives you a whole lot, mate. Like, I just, I don't see a player that's able to give us the same ability to receive in a block bar, maybe Emile Smith row on the half turn, but that's farther up. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with how we approach build up play or tempo or variation. It's it's, it's huge. It is a big thing for me.
1: I move things through essentially, you know, I look at the, you know, it's also about different options of you know it's not even just the fact that he might start it's just having different options and going like here's how we can play in a different way and go right okay today they're sat in a really you know when we had that sort of period i guess it was sort of september october we we're talking about you know how do mm-hmm. we break down low blocks we can do more of what we did I, I felt against palace was sit back a little bit more invite them out and play through them in a different way which is has to be through carrying and progressive passing which is part of his bread and butter so yeah it's it's, it's hard to quantify. I I agree. It's kind of, I, I do think we'd be five, six points better off, which is the difference between, you know, being top of the league and being wherever we are, fourth, third. Um, so, yeah. So I don't look at the lead table, mate. I don't even care. Um, yeah, it's just the question of fitness. But that is, you know, it's such a tired conversation at this point that it's probably not even worth having. Um, do we think there's impact to come, big impact to come, from vieira and tim and and, and timber obviously we've got some news coming that uh timber uh supposedly will be back in training again it's, it's difficult to know who to believe these are always they're always reports but i was always pretty confident i think i said inside of the podcast i was pretty sure he'd be back tr- at least in training by the end of february or maybe mid-february and that's sounding like the right thing we don't know of course but broadly putting that all, all that aside what f- what level of impact do you think we can expect from a Timber and from a Vieira towards the end of the season if if they can sleep it?
0: I mean, you could become really technical and say, What does Vieira give you in low blocks? He gives you the best arguable final ball in the squad. So there's a, a segment of that. I just think that his sample to date means that it's very difficult for you to prop that as a consistent yeah. output. So, yeah. I think like, he can change a game, but what's that worth? Maybe a couple points here and there. I don't. And that's also based on trust. That's also based on who he's getting minutes over. There's a lot more factors. Now, Timber, on the other hand, Timber is one of the most versatile players in the squad. He has a far bigger impact than I think Vieira. He's equally as important as Thomas Partey. I don't think you can separate these two in terms of the impact on Arsenal, in terms of the press. Do you think that's mad, though, that he's played 45 minutes? No, no. Like, well, I think it sucks that he has, but I mean, in in terms of putting that on the boy, like, again, I would argue. Name another player in world football that can play inverted right back, inverted left back, has had versatility in terms of central back or central uh, central center back, has had versatility in terms of playing in midfield. Name me another player in world football, by bar maybe your Caicedo's, that give a team that level of competency. You could argue Tom Yasu, another one. That's a really big, versatile piece. He just allows you to play in so many different ways that very few people and players in the world can. Now, Mm. I don't think that means then that he's the best in a particular position, but he certainly gives you a level of competency and trust that for a manager who loves to tinker (laughs) and maybe too much for fans to appreciate, that becomes important. The thing, I'd, the thing I'd say about that, the parte thing I am, I'm convinced,
1: again, it's always with the caveat if he can stay fit, but because I don't see the qualities that he has in, in any other midfielder um, in our team, and we've seen a massive sample of that, right? The timber thing, you know, I also think there's caveats worth saying about, you know, his injury in terms of that, that, that recovery and how that might seem, you know, we, we, we just don't know how he's going to adapt to football, all that sort of stuff. I do in theory it's great and in theory i agree with you but i think until we've seen him do that for arsenal it's going to be very hard you know which not to say you're wrong but it's going to be very hard to convince a lot of fans that that is the impact we're going to see in the second half of the season look we love what we saw in pre-season we love what we saw in that 45 minutes against
0: Nottingham forest and i think there's so much more to come from i think he could have been so useful it was good enough to drop gabriel like this is this is what i will say the newest signing that we saw maybe 45 minutes and i don't think we want this long term but it was enough of an impact for Mikkel to drop one of the first build-up pieces in his project not just his team but his project mm. i think that's significant it was enough to cause doubt in the manager's mind for that
1: i i and i and i don't disagree with that at all i just think the my, my point was more about the impact in the second half of the season I think I have more, maybe more question marks because I, I look at, mm-hmm. as I say, the recovery from injury. I look at the fact that the, the small sample size, in theory, I agree with all of these things in the sense that his positional versatility, the carry he's, he can do his, the how sharp he is in the tackle, all those things that we saw. Oh yeah. I'm just speaking tactically.
0: Love. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you don't know how uh, he's uh, going to re- how he's going to return, of course, and all those fitness concerns.
1: And this is my point is that, is that that's why I'm less convinced about Timber having a massive impact in the second half of the season. I think he will have an impact. I think what's what's in, maybe interesting about Timber is to kind of play a bit, little bit more of a what if with Timber and go, if Timber is fit from the beginning of the season to now, what conversations have we had on this podcast instead of the conversations we had? I, you know, And uh, of course we're playing what ifs or whatever, but I do think they're worth having because I do think maybe they inform something moving forward. What conversations are we having well, about Ben White? What conversations are we having about the impact on Declan Rice? What conversations are we having about the impact on Gabrielle, Zinchenko? All these guys who you just, there's more question marks. And that's what, for the second half of the season with Timber, I think he can have an impact, but I'm more interested about maybe what the question marks he would have brought up had he been fit. So,
0: for example, we saw Thomas Partey being inverted right back.
1: Thanks for checking out the Canon podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon pod.